Our gospel reading comes from Luke, chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept underground and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order him to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let him enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city, how much Jesus had done for him. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. We celebrate the living word of Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Joni. You know, Phoebe, I'm so much out of practice. Um, that I forgot to tell you the best part about when we're afraid, God is with us. God is always with us. And sometimes we're so afraid that we can't even notice. And that's why it helps to have other people around us. Lovely to be with you. Well, good morning, friends. It is a deep privilege and a great joy to join with you in worship today. I am grateful to Reverend Scott and the session of First Presbyterian Church San Anselmo for the invitation to join the worship leadership team this morning. And I am grateful for the team that makes our worship together possible online and in person. I'm a regular visitor here, and I hope that any of you who may be visiting here this morning, either in person or online, 
will feel as warmly welcomed as I do. As we gather in worship this morning, Pacific time, we come from many different situations, many conditions that inform how we are moving through this day. Today is the second Sunday in the Pentecost season of our church calendar, a season when we are looking and watching for how God's Spirit is at work in the world so that we can join in. Today is also Father's Day. Congratulations to the fathers, fathers-to-be, grandfathers, uncles, and father figures in our midst. We celebrate you and all the wonderful ways we dwell in human relationship together. Today, as Patrick noted, is also Juneteenth, a national holiday celebrating the recognition of the emancipation of enslaved persons in the United States. In some of our music today, we are celebrating and acknowledging the contributions of African Americans to our worship and prayer. Our prayer song, our offertory, and our closing hymn come to us out of African American history and culture. And June is also Pride Month, dedicated to the uplifting of LGBTQIA voices the celebration of LGBTQIA plus culture and the support of LGBTQIA rights. We also come in awareness of war in Ukraine, violence across our world, climate emergency, natural disasters, gun violence in our nation, growing economic pressures, and deep divides in our social and political ideologies. We come with cares and concerns, celebrations and gratitude in our hearts. We live and move in a complex, often joyful, sometimes peaceful, often challenging, sometimes overwhelming world. In this context, we hear the scripture passages that Joni read today. In our passage from the Hebrew Bible, we enter into Elijah's story when he could be celebrating the triumph of God's very public renunciation of the prophets of Baal. And if you're interested in what that was, go home and read it. It comes um, before our lesson for today. And the return of rain to the land, we know what a celebration that is. Instead, we see him on the run in fear for his life. Verse 3 reads, he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life. He runs from King Ahab and Queen Jezebel's territory of control in the northern monarchy of Israel to the southern rule of Judah, where he leaves his servant, whose help he no longer expects to need, and continues into the wilderness. He goes a day's journey into the wilderness, sits down under a tree, and asks to die. He is overwhelmed by his current life circumstance. He is afraid. In his fear, Elijah can't imagine 
how he can survive the wrath of the powers that be. But God moves in and with and through our fear to bring life, renewed purpose, and needed change. Adonai sent an angel to wake Elijah from his exhausted sleep and bring him nourishment, food and drink in a place where Elijah may not have imagined there could be refreshment and nourishment. He ate, drank, and slept again. An angel came another time. Again, Elijah ate and drank, and then journeyed a long time, 40 days and 40 nights, to an encounter with God on Mount Horeb. And there, Adonai speaks to Elijah not in expressions of power, a great wind, an earthquake, a fire, but out of the sound of sheer silence. We've often heard it as a still, small voice. And Adonai invites Elijah to speak. What's wrong, Elijah? What are you doing here? And Elijah confesses how he fears for his life. And do you notice here, God doesn't say anything at all about that fear. God responds with a commission to Elijah to continue his work, to go on his way, this time to Damascus, to continue the work of carrying God's word to God's people, of calling others to God's work and anointing leaders for God's people. In the passage from the gospel for today, the writer of Luke shares a story of Jesus' ministry outside of Jewish territory in the country of the Gerasenes, part of the semi-independent Greek Now, just before the passage we heard today in Luke, Jesus and his disciples took a boat across the Sea of Galilee to the other side, to the Decapolis. A severe storm blew up while Jesus was sleeping, and the disciples, terrified for their lives, woke Jesus. He calmed the storm and stilled the waves, and the disciples were afraid and amazed at the power of God at work. In our story for today, Jesus restores a man who had been living among the tombs and wearing no clothes. He is possessed by demons who cause him to break his restraints and drive him into the wilderness. Jesus commands the legion of demons to leave the man. They then possess a herd of pigs. The pigs rush down a steep embankment and drown themselves and the demons in the lake. And the man is restored to his true self. The people of the countryside and the city arrive to find him clothed and sitting at Jesus' feet, while the swine herds have lost their herd of pigs. And they were afraid. 
they asked Jesus to leave, and he did. Although the restored man wanted to accompany Jesus, Jesus sent him to tell his story throughout the Decapolis. Were the people of the Gerasene countryside afraid of Jesus' power over the supernatural? Were they afraid Jesus would restore health and community to all those who had been marginalized, requiring them to make room for people they had cast out? Were they afraid Jesus would transform their economy so that they had to find new ways of ordering their current economic structure? The scripture doesn't give us many clues about the source of their fear. We can only speculate from our own experience, our own wisdom about human nature. Experiencing fear is part of the human condition. We may fear for our safety, for our prosperity. We may fear for our hold on power or privilege. We may fear those who hold power over us. We may fear for others, our parents, our children, our loved ones, our neighbors, our friends, our nation. We may fear uncertainty, loss or change. And fear often leads us to strike out against what makes us afraid, to eliminate it, to constrain it, to control it. We see this in our scripture passages for today. Queen Jezebel threatens Elijah's life for undermining her faith tradition. Elijah is afraid for his security and safety. The man possessed by demons is chained and ostracized. The scripture doesn't tell us why the Gerasene people reject Jesus, but we know that he challenged their way of life, their economic system, their social traditions, their ordinary ways of being, and he commanded power over forces they could not control. As we commemorate Juneteenth and celebrate Pride Month as a cisgender heterosexual, cishet for short, white woman, I recognize that I am called to live into a world where God is already at work, restoring the marginalized bringing economic equity, transforming power structures to bring racial justice, uplifting LGBTQIA siblings, parents, youth, and children. I am called to live into a life where the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus is bringing change in my life and in my world. I am called to enter into change that may unsettle me, pull me into discomfort, transform me. I am called to compassion for others who struggle in fear and uncertainty. 
The man possessed by a legion of demons cried out, What have you to do with me, Jesus? I find similar words in my heart. Why me? What has this to do with me? Until I learn with the man restored to himself by Jesus that it has everything to do with me. I have a part in declaring what the Holy One has done for me. I have a part in witnessing to the growth, the restoration, the transformation of myself, my brothers, sisters, siblings to their true selves, the transformation God is working in our world for grace and goodness and justice and righteousness. Yet fear can bog me down. And I turn to Elijah's story. Elijah tried to give up. He was so afraid that he could not see how Adonai, how God was continuing to work in his life and in his world. But God had not given up on Elijah. God provided nourishment for him in the wilderness. Refreshment for life where Elijah expected to find death. In the wilderness, Elijah encountered God, heard God's reaffirmation of his call to be a prophet, and Elijah received his commission to move into the next stage of his ministry. God provided everything Elijah needed to be restored, to be reassured, to have company in the wilderness, to overcome his fear and move on with God's work for him. Elijah's story reminds me that God provides for us even when we don't expect it. His story reminds me that God continues to call us out of fear into change, into more of God's work in the world. Brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, friends, as we look around us, we may see signs of fear. We may feel overwhelmed with all that we see and experience in our life and in our world right now. I invite you today to lean into fear and ask what provision God may be offering. I invite you to look deep into what overwhelms you and see what possibility, what nourishment what refreshment, what accompaniment God offers there. Lean into uncertainty and ask, 
What transformation the Spirit of God in Christ Jesus may be bringing about. Where you feel hesitancy, listen for how God may be calling you to a new or continuing work in the world. Elijah was afraid. The disciples were afraid and amazed at what Jesus was doing. The people of the Gerasene countryside were afraid. Let moments of fear, amazement, or change be an opportunity for you before you turn away or strike out, stop, listen, look and see how God is at work and how you can join in. We follow in the way of the one who cared for a man alone in the wilderness. We follow in the way of the one who healed and restored people to their true selves and true community. On this second Sunday of the Pentecost season and every day, in the midst of our human experience, may we look for ways to join the Spirit of God in Jesus Christ at work already at work in our world so that everyone of God's people may live whole, full lives as their true selves, made in God's own image, each of us, an embodiment of God's mercy, grace, and delight each of us living God's love and call in the world. Let us not be afraid. Let us go out and join God already at work in the world. No matter how we are or who we are, God names us, loves us, claims us, provides for us, and sends us out to be at God's work in the world.